Hello, hello, and welcome back to Cutting Chai Stories, where the writing is short and sometimes sweet, just like the half cups of milky tea we call Cutting Chai back home in India. Today, we have a very special guest with us, Reena Javeri. Some of you loyal listeners, or let's be honest, binge listeners, may remember her name because um, way back when, in the second episode of the podcast, back in season one, you may have heard a short story she wrote. I had her imagine what life would be like on Jan 1, 2021, when presumably we thought the lockdown would be lifted. How crazily optimistic that seems now in retrospect, though back then it seemed very sci-fi. So Reina is a coach and she's my coach. And in her typical tough love coaching style, when I asked her to give me a bio for herself that I could use to introduce her, she gave me homework. She told me that she would leave it up to me to share with all of you what I'm working with her on. So this is my intro for Reina. And Reina, if you don't like it, too bad. You asked for it. (laughs) Reina is my business coach, my money coach, my becoming more me coach. She is so effortlessly herself, as you will see for yourself in just a minute. And she is helping me shed all my outer layers of defensiveness and my die decreeness and be more effortlessly myself. And one of the ways she communicates her personality um, and the person she is, is through words, spoken and written. So I invited her here to share some of her special magic with you. Welcome to the show, Reina. <laughs> I could not have written a better intro, Jayati. (laughs) That was beautiful. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. So glad to have you. So to get us started, I wanted to share something that you've said to me in the past when we have discussed growing as entrepreneurs. You've said to me, what I teach writing is just the gift wrapping and everybody has their own version of the gift wrapping. Can you explain that a little bit? What does that mean? Mm. You're holding me to the things that I say. This is like, (laughs) this is going on record. Um, So when I say um, the writing is just the gift wrapping, it's really people are coming to be with you. There's something unique and special about you inherently already, right? There's nothing further you need to actually do. This is kind of, it sounds really simple and it also is simultaneously a bit mind-blowing. You're like, but 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 what? <laughs> what do you mean just be me? And this advice used to really bug me back in the day. Right? Just be yourself. Just be more you. And typically, we don't know what that means because we don't know the next layers of ourselves. Right? The layers of the mirror have not come off yet. There's dust on the mirror. And we've come to um, accept that that's just what it looks like. But we discover, I call it like peeling the layers of the infinite onion. When you come and kind of reveal yourself to somebody else, like if it's with me or with whoever else, who you feel reflected by, then you start discovering underneath the external trappings of you, there is some beautiful gift inside that is really all that somebody wants. And so the same way, as you're an entrepreneur, you think you're doing one thing, right? I help people with writing. And in a very short time, right, we've uncovered that that's just the tip of the iceberg, yeah? And in fact, what I've been seeing for you and I've been seeing it come up is 
is that that's just the beginning. That's just the excuse for which people come to you and your special brand of you. Does this make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So actually, Rina, that segues perfectly into the next thing I wanted to ask you, which is just the energy you bring to everything that you do. And and by you, I mean you, but just, you know, everybody, all of us, right? You talk about the energy we need to have when we're writing an email to our list, when we're writing a social media post, when we're going live on Facebook or Instagram, basically doing anything out in the world. And so can you talk a little bit more about that? How does the energy change the message? It Does it change the message? And what's different? In my world, energy is everything. And it doesn't mean you have to be on all the time or high energy all the time at all. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Like I take the neediness out of it, needing to be in any one way. The should have, could have, would have. I like to take that out. In fact, there's you're a perfect example. So you remember recently you had an experience where you wrote an email, right? Just the very thing that you coach your clients to do. And you said something to me afterwards and I asked you about the experience of it. Do you remember? I actually don't remember what I said about it. (laughs) Isn't it nice not to have to remember? That's a good sign where you like so in the flow of the thing that you don't remember. It kind of is effortless. Yeah. It was something about you like I had to do something else later and it wasn't, um, you didn't have a whole lot of time. Oh, right, right. I had I had like a half an hour to work on this email and then I had to go out somewhere and normally I wouldn't I wouldn't try and cram something into that half an hour of time and I'd give myself more room and space. But I just thought, what the heck? You know, let me just see if I can do it. And I did it. So what was different then? Let's focus on the energetics of that experience. You had less time than normal because your thinking mind said, I need a lot of time and I need a lot of space to do this. Now I'm imagining people coming to you might struggle with something similar. Right. Because in their mind and you said, like, cram it all in. Right. So there's this feeling of like, I need a lot of time and a lot of space because otherwise I feel squeezy. But instead, what was the experience for you? It, you know, I had time to spare. I mean, I had time to not just write it, but also to send it. to, <clears throat> And so I absolutely was able to do it in that half an hour time span, which was great. And the energy of that email came through to me. Right. It's like a coding, right? I don't I didn't grow up with the Bible, but I'm interested in like what different traditions say, right? Different religious, spiritual and other cultural traditions, often the very old ones will have some similar language around the um the idea of energetics in some way. This is at least how I interpret them and I think there's like the one of the, the first line in the Bible is it like and then the 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 word of God, right? There was something about the word. And then first there was the word, right? Do you know? Don't ask me. I didn't grow up with the Bible. You know? <laughs> I know. I'm like, why am I asking? There's something about like the word. There's like a coding. And I'm going to sound like a space alien here for a second. Our voice, our our form, like the way we present, which is just, just how we are, the words we write and the words we speak have a certain kind of energy to them. When you think of energy, it is like, People talk about it as a vibration or a frequency. Sound is a very easy example. And as a musician, I can definitely relate to that. But words have the same, like written words. It's basically like when I read words, I'm saying those sounds in my head to myself. Do you know what I mean? When Mm -hmm. you read, right? You're absorbing. So someone has put out a certain kind of a 
frequency or a code. Imagine you're putting out a certain kind of code and certain other people who are predisposed or with a similar kind of blueprint as yours can pick up on that code. They may not be fully attuned to the fact that they are like able to do that. But it's like when something catches your eye is a good example. The same thing, right? The same, I don't know, dress in the same window of the same shop is not going to activate or excite someone, the same, the different people's attention in the same way. There could be like five people passing the store, seeing the same dress on the same mannequin. But like for one of them, there's like a spark, right? It's like <gasps> a little intake of breath. And there's a moment of like, they see themselves in that in a way that maybe the others don't. And I think of that as a certain kind of a coding. That dress has like an energy or a frequency about it that speaks to this particular person. Most of us, if we have been heavily socialized into what I call the matrix, right? We are taught to ignore these signs and override them by what we've been told things should like things have to be in a certain way. There's a certain order to things. You can't do this before that. You've got to have these certifications, these qualifications, this, that, and the other before you can move ahead in life, right? This is good and that is bad. And I, my specialty, as you know, is like sh shortcuts and like big jumps and kind of erasing all of, all of that conditioning and programming. And the same way you're writing with the kind of energy that you had in that moment it has a different kind of coding to it and it's going to speak to a different person. To me, it felt more you. I don't know how to explain this. It's sometimes it's, it's hard to articulate, but it's like when the thing calls your attention, it calls your attention. And not everything will be the same way, but you will find when something feels really hard and effortful to do, or if a piece of writing is feeling like really like a drudgery to do, but you're just like plugging through it and pushing through it, no matter how clever and excited you were by the idea when it first came, but when you're going to create the thing, if there's a lot of like squeezy, pushy energy around it, you're having less fun doing it for one. And inevitably on the other side, the person is experiencing that themselves. So they are, what you're transmitting is your experience of creating the thing. The thing that you create carries the experience that you had creating it and what the person on the other side, the receiver, the reader, what they experience is not the thing, is your experience of the thing. That is what I mean by energy. Okay. I think you just actually articulated it perfectly because when, I you, think so. when you started talking, I was gonna, you know, I was jotting down this question to ask you right after to say, well, you know, people could say that sounds kind of woo-woo, this whole energy of the thing and, you know, the vibration. And could it not just be that when you see the dress in the shop window, you, you know, it's the color that you like and it's the silhouette that you know will look good on your body and that's why it calls to you and why does it have to be this whole energy thing? But what you said just at the end that people reading the thing are not just reading the thing, they're, they're absorbing the experience that you had when you made the thing. I think that really, um, at least it spoke to me. So I, I totally get that. The one thing that um, I, I want you to tease this out just a little bit more, to me, that sounds very similar to um, the idea of just writing with emotion. 
I mean, there's that famous quote, I think by William Blake, it was like, poetry is a spontaneous outpouring of emotion. It's absolutely true that at least for me, when I'm writing and I'm in the grip of a strong emotion, whether it's a diary entry, whether it's a poem, whether it's an email, when I feel really strongly about something, the writing comes out very easily. And I am seldom second guessing myself and going back and editing and doing all of that because it just sort of flows. And so could the energy, is is that like synonymous with emotion? It's definitely built in there. I don't know how to... Uh, differentiate but the spontaneity is super important to me like you if I'm becoming known now for my Instagram and Facebook stories like they're super creative and I make them in seconds I literally don't know what I'm going to do and I reach for my phone and I it's instantaneous there's no looking back there's no pre-planning there's no editing and I make the thing and I there's no expectation on the other side for me either that anyone's going to see it anyone's going to respond and some of the people that have come into my view as a result, have been like some super interesting people that things that I have least attachment to the outcome. The problem I think happens because again, when I was talking about social, um, you know, we've been socialized and programmed to ignore or downplay that spontaneity. Yeah. So I imagine, you know, people coming to you are having trouble writing because they think it needs to be done in a certain way. Right. They've bought into some kind of script or template or this this notion that like to be successful somehow or to make sales, which is such a like a four letter word for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They have to do it in a certain way that is not in alignment with who they are. And that's when it gets that's when the spontaneity dies. It's like it's death on impact immediately. There is no inspiration and there's no spontaneity in a damn template. There isn't, you know. And when people come to you and you are able to give them permission to be spontaneous, to be creative and show them where they are not allowing themselves to be so because they bought into certain ideas of how they should be, what they should sound like, where the call to action comes, whether even there is one or not, right? What you're doing with me is like, I'm allowing you to put all of that on hold or on the side or on ice and do what comes to you completely naturally and spontaneously. Most of us don't have practice or permission in doing this. So I agree with you. Yes, that spontaneous emotion is the purest, rawest form of you. And that's basically what I encourage. It's like uh, in music, I I only improvise now. I don't read uh, and play what other people have written. I don't even read and play and try to replicate what I have done before. So everything is very fresh and it's very in the moment. And the minute I try and like replicate something, it's lost its power. I can feel it. I'm like, yeah, I got a nice response to this little bit that I did last time. So I'm going to try and do that again. And it just falls flat. So really what there is like the energetics of spontaneity and being in the moment and allowing that is at the root of it, really, it is a, it's a permission thing. I mean, that's what I like to say sometimes that I do is like, I give permission, I give people permission to be themselves and we don't realize that we have taken away that permission from ourselves. That's the problem. We don't realize this. Until you experience otherwise, you can't know that you haven't been doing it all along. And so how does one give themselves permission or get themselves in the mood or, you know, gets in touch with their energy or spontaneity to unleash their truest selves in their writing? 
do you have any exercises or any like i don't know movements or i i know it's hard to sort of break it down into like tips and tricks and i know that that doesn't really work anyway but what mm. if there's something that gets you in the mood one is definitely like this a sense of self awareness is the it's like the precursor to doing any of this work but we find ways of doing more of what is fun so literally like if i had to codify it somehow it's like what brings you true joy and true fun when is the last time you had a belly laugh yeah when is the last time you felt really good in your body whether that's a bath or making love to your partner or going out and like touching the leaves of a tree or you know uh, i love going for long walks in nature alone or listening to a piece of music dancing these are all very uh, sensory things they involve the body and the senses so to me that's one of the things that really really helps and it's like wait so i'm going to be more successful by having more baths and i'm like yep <laughs> that <laughs> that could happen you'll um, also have more fun <laughs> you'll also have more fun i mean the whole point is enjoying it if you're not enjoying the journey you are never going to enjoy the destination i can guarantee this i will write this in my own blood there is just it just doesn't happen everyone thinks you struggle now and work hard now and then you enjoy the reward later it's a very temporary it's a very fleeting experience because you have not learned the art of enjoyment start by learning to enjoy yourself and know what that feels like and that you start there my literally my advice to anyone listening is like do something fun today right now and learn what that feels like learn what that right because to do that you have to give yourself permission you're learning how to give yourself permission to let go to unwind a bit to loosen your hair and loosen up and most of us don't realize how tightly wound we are until we do that and when i give it to someone as homework then they do it <laughs> Speaking of, I just ordered some delicious chocolates for myself. <laughs> Yay! I love the homework I get to give you, and I love that you do it. You're such an awesome client. It's so fun to work with you. Oh, mutual admiration society going on here. <laughs> it it is it is. Reena gives the best homework. Um. So okay. So I hear what you say, and I you know have reaped the rewards of what you say and listening to what you say. but what would you say to the you know so the, the sort of the expert advice out there for entrepreneurs who say that it shouldn't all be about you and that you need to talk to your potential customers and your target audience and you need to connect with their pain points and sort of articulate where they are feeling overwhelmed and the challenges that they are facing and their biggest problem when it comes to dot 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 you know fill in the blank for whatever you're selling Do you subscribe to that? So, not anymore is the short answer, and I was taught that way also. And that is kind of the mainstream way. Yeah, focusing on pain points and then there's like a squeeze and then you like, right, you make the pain very visceral and you make the problem very um real for them and then you like go in for the kill. This is kind of in in circles lately I've been heard uh, I've heard it talked about as like a very masculine way. It's like it's aggressive. and it it focuses on the pain i have moved since to something that feels more natural to me that way exists in the world it's there i'm less of a mainstream person and i also i like to have a really good time my point is 
I have since moved away from that. It, the model wasn't working for me. And I found that working more from a place of helping someone envision what they want for themselves, right? So focusing more on desire and what you want for yourself in the world. You don't have to be, start with like, I'm going to be this noble self-sacrificing martyr, right? Who burns himself out by doing everything that everybody says I should do, but I get forgotten in that. You are people too. And like, actually, this is a very high uh, uh, philosophy in, in Buddhism, where if you, you must start from the inside, if you can't elevate and liberate yourself first, you are useless for anybody else. You are literally useless, right? Then it just becomes a case of codependency. And I talk about this a lot. I have overcome that. Everything I teach comes from my own darkness and my own struggle and my own journey to a place where I can shortcut it for others for having gone through it myself. So everybody doesn't have to go through it, right? You've got to go through your own version of it, but it can be much faster and lighter and quicker and it can be more fun. <laughs> so it's sort of like the oxygen mask theory. It's like you got to put on your own oxygen mask before helping someone else. Exactly. Or like filling your cup, right? If you don't have a full cup, you have nothing for anybody. But this idea of focusing on yourself first for a lot of us who bought into the old school way of thinking is like blasphemous. It's like, oh, how can I, but how can I put myself before everybody else? Won't I be a selfish person? Am I not mean? And all of those beliefs come up. And so that's where we start first. Ways we think we should be versus what we secretly deeply desire for ourselves. Yeah. So when right. we start surfacing those desires, and yes, I mean, making it known to the world, making our desires known to the world, living the life that we desire for ourselves and showing up like that in our life, in our world, that to me, that's marketing. It doesn't have any of the feel of like, you have to do marketing now. It just, it doesn't. And yeah, I mean, there's there's things I do, but like there's people who've come to me and said, well, behind the scenes, you must be like hustling and like, you know, working super late at night and like pressing all these buttons and doing all these things. I'm like, actually, no. Right before I, I just woke up from my nap <laughs> before getting to getting on to record this with you. You know, I take care of myself like a mofo. It's super important because that's what I'm helping other people do. And I must live it. I want to. I'm choosing to because I want to prove this other way of, of working and being in the world. And so far, it's been going great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and for those of us to whom, you know, the sort of hustle mentality and the sort of somewhat formula-based uh, advice feels very icky like the way that you're advocating just feels so much more natural and authentic to bring this back a little bit to writing if you have you know an entrepreneur who's really stuck who's got writer's block whose writing feels kind of dammed up that it's not flowing do you have any advice that you could give them i would say walk away immediately immediately you've got to just drop the pen you know walk away from the keyboard and go take a bath go take a walk Go veg out and, you know, watch your favorite show, read a book, do nothing, right? Hang out with your kid or your partner or your, a friend, watch the rain, watch the snow, exercise, anything, do anything else. But the thing that is feeling squeezy, I guarantee you'll have a much better idea. You'll be able to come back to it. You can spend three hours staring at the thing and writing like one sentence and hating every moment of it and the sentence will suck. Or you can just drop it, walk away, right? This is where the permission comes in. You're like, do I get to do that? But I said I was going to sit down and do it. 
And this is part of the practice of not, it's like unhooking your brain from a certain pattern, right? Because your brain is, you're literally like triggering, triggering kind of a trauma response in your brain. Like every time I sit down to write, your brain is going to then automatically go into this trauma response. Like I'm just going to blank out. I'm, I'm in paralyzed mode and I'm not going to give you anything because this is awful and it's scary and it's not fun, right? So when you make it enjoyable for your brain, for your body, it's going to come naturally. When you come back to it, when it's flowing out of you, it will take you a fraction of the time. The energy around it will be so much more real and natural. And you'll have gotten a bike ride out of it as well. <laughs> you know, I just think it's so much more efficient. It's so much more efficient. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you're riding and you feel like it's like pulling teeth, um, I think absolutely that's going to show in your riding. What about people who don't have that problem, but their problem is that they don't feel comfortable with riding? Like they're just, you know, they feel that they don't ride regularly, they are bad at riding, that they're not good at expressing themselves, at communicating. What would you say to people who feel like that? I would say it's like it's layers and layers and layers. A lot of it is beliefs, right? It's like I suck at marketing, I suck at sales, I suck at writing. So it's like how you're talking to yourself, what you think it should be is a big part of it, right? They may be consciously or subconsciously trying to mimic something they'd see, they've seen that is not quite them, right? That's going to feel icky and, and sticky. And also, it's a habit. It's a practice. You weren't born knowing how to ride a bicycle and you were going to fall off a few times. But if you commit to finding a way to, like, I'm going to do this no matter what, and I'm going to find a way to enjoy it. That clear thought must come from you. It has to come from you. It can come from nobody else. I'm going to find a way to fall in love with the process. This is essential. This is an essential thing that I, I, I teach and I coach around. It's like you must find a way to make it enjoyable. It's not sustainable otherwise. It simply isn't. Does that make sense? Uh, absolutely. And this is this. I mean, this is the main principle that I channel in my creative writing for kids classes, mm -hmm. because very often the children who um, who are registered, their parents enroll them because they think that their kids hate writing. Um, and maybe they, you know, they do or they've resisted it. But it's all about triggering their fun receptors <laughs> and once they start having fun then the writing absolutely flows look you just answered your own question and this is what you're going to do for your clients you're going to show them right that they may have some old beliefs or some bad experiences around i don't know teachers or guides who told them it has to be in a certain way you allow them you give them permission to drop all of that you make them write ridiculous things maybe you give them like what is the, the poetry that you put on the fridge, like the magnetic poetry, make like a ridiculous, nonsensical, like I encourage nonsensical things. For example, it's really good for the brain. Silly things, nonsensical things, things that don't, don't follow any formula. They actually shake up things like neurologically. You're looking to break old patterns. How do you break old patterns? By like making it so ridiculous that your brain cannot make sense of it, right? So like I would literally have them like, write a few words on different pieces of paper, cut it up and then just like scramble it up and just read it, read it out loud. And like, that's your, put that out as an email. This is my challenge to you. Write a gobbledygook email to your list. Next. Ha! I gave you a homework. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> Complete nonsense. Reina, who cannot resist giving homework. <laughs> because I don't do it for everyone, by the way. I know you love it. <laughs> No, you, I'm such a die decree. <laughs> but see, this is where we get to work 
with your dye degree rather than against and for people who don't know what that means is like this is like a good girl right the obedient child we get to work with that but make it playful so that when you're ready to expand out of that identity it does not feel like a huge loss or like you are um, basically letting down your tribe reena this is like an interview for the podcast and a coaching session all in one not just for me but also for my listener <laughs> i do this all this is how i am this is why i knew this is what i was meant to do because i'm like this all the time i'm really interested in people i'm really interested in psychology and spirituality but like with my own nerdy spin to it and i'm really really interested in creativity and self expression like it's all i care about that's really all i care about and i care about other people having that fully self expressed experience for themselves in their life i cannot think of anything else i've been put on this planet to do than fully express myself and anyone who wants that for themselves also whether they know it or not are attracted to the way i coach and teach and lead it's simple as that so i'm not telling anybody what to do but i engage with strangers in conversation all the time i have a lot of questions i did not get them answered as kid as a kid because i didn't get to ask them i was a very quiet shy person and i become a really outspoken kind of a right i'll say things that other people are thinking but they're too afraid to say so i've made that transition for myself it's been a lifetime journey i feel the most free i've ever felt and i feel like the most myself i've ever felt in my whole life and i can't imagine not wanting to pass it on to anybody who wants it it's the most delicious thing delicious is the right word and it sounds so inviting like who wouldn't want to be yeah the most you that you can be and and not have to live in you know these limiting strictures or the ways that other people tell you that you have to be right and just see see right there right it's delicious it's inviting and it's juicy because i'm feeling it i mean i'm smiling here i can't stand still like my hands are all over the place i'm talking with my hands even though you can't see it and there's no i don't have to mention pain points in here i'm not making a right i'm not even making a list of things and i'm not trying to do anything here i'm just excited about what i get to do yeah and that's such a that's such a generous way of thinking about it of talking about it and of inviting others to be like that which is that let's not focus on the pain points and and but let's expand ourselves and you know why don't you join me it's totally that and it is it is in and of itself i think of it as a paid forward service if i can do that for you i'm doing it for you so that you can do it for others right and at any point if there was ever a point in the world at which i think this expansion and generosity is needed and by generosity i don't mean like a noble martyr at all it's super damn fun for me right it has to be otherwise it stops so this feeling of like infinity and abundance like it's just flowing through me because i know there's no limit to it it only happens when there's people like who are able to receive it and i know they're out there in the world i mean you're one of them and it's it's like a wave that can keep it's like an infinite wave that can keep passing as i keep channeling in it channeling it and as people continue to be more and more able to receive it and pass it forward it will not stop at you jet yeah i mean that's like a wave it's a the wave the effects are going to continue yeah mm-hmm. i love that it's so beautiful there's no pain in that there's no squeezing there's no scarcity then right there's no fear that it's going to be copied or stolen or anything because i completely trust the source from which it comes it's not limited to my physical body 
it's not limited to my mind. It's not limited to some secret script that I have on my computer that I'm reading off of. I don't have to prepare anything for this, which saves me a ton of time. And the more, and it's been a practice. So the more and more you can tap into this and practice this and do it with someone you, you enjoy. Don't go and work with someone you don't enjoy being with. You've got to want to like hang out with that person, right? That's really what it is. I mean, we have a great time together. Like I'll, I'll yank your chain a bunch. <laughs> you know that, right? But you also go and get to have, you know, chocolates and celebrate yourself in all kinds of lovely, juicy ways. Good luck making this a 10-minute podcast, by the way. <laughs> I do not want that editing job at all. <laughs> On that note... <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Reena, for being here. Uh, I really appreciate it. And I always want more Reena in my life. And if you want more Reena in your life and some Reena in your life, trust me when I tell you, you do. (laughs) Uh, You can follow her on Instagram at the full stop punk monk or check out her TV chef avatar on the cooking show Milk Street. And I'll put all those links in the show notes. But before I let you go, Rina, I always end my episodes with the writing prompt for my listeners. Do you have one you can share with us? Although I should say you already did kind of give everybody a writing prompt with your awesome um, fridge magnet. <laughs> I have a fun one, though. This is the bonus. Bonus homework. This is my favorite one. It is to write your own obituary. So it's short. It's to the point. It can be poetic. It can be creative but you must imagine what you want your life to look like from here on out and how you want to be remembered. So I would challenge your listeners to write their own obituaries. There's nothing morbid about it at all. It will give you such a zest for the rest of your life. And it's something I do regularly and it's not always the same every time, but I think about it and I do this exercise for myself to keep myself focused on like what is really important for me to do and everything else becomes really a no-brainer. So that's it. It seems really strange to say that that's such a fun writing prompt, but actually it's a fun writing prompt. I know. <laughs> it's not even morbid. It's like, it may, death is what makes life worth living. Thank you again, Reina. Thanks, Jayati. And thank you everyone for tuning in. And if you do write that obituary for yourself and you feel like sharing, do send it to me. I am at Cutting try stories at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in and I will see you next Thursday.